0: It's Brendan Escott in tonight for Reed Wilkins, who's enjoying another week off here in the summer. And what a great time to be enjoying it. It's gorgeous outside we will uh, talk a little bit about some of the events going on under that sunshine this weekend. Horse trainer Robertino Diodoro coming on to talk about the uh, Canadian Derby, the 93rd running of the Canadian Derby at Century Mile this Saturday and Brian Sinfield from the Northern Alberta Sports Car Club on to talk about the uh, River City Motors Speedway Park Revival Car Show that's taking place this Saturday and uh, Sunday. They've got some car racing, they got a show and shine, it sounds like, so much more information on that coming up, but... Story of the day. Wow. It broke late and it even pulled Elliot Friedman out of the uh, out of the woodwork from his vacation. Nazem Kadri, 7 years, 7 million dollars to Calgary. We'd all been waiting for the shoe to drop. I'm not sure we saw it landing north of the border and here we here we talk about that with Sportsnet 960's uh, Logan Gordon. Logan, thanks for jumping on tonight, man. I can only imagine how busy today has been for you and the guys at your
1: yeah, thanks for having me, Brendan. Again, I uh, really appreciate it. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a wild day. Everything from the news breaking that Nazem Kadri was going to be a Calgary Flame, extending to the Sean Monahan trade to make it happen financially. It's been a a busy day, and then you're you know going to spend the rest of the evening reading the conditions on the the pick that got sent to Montreal, but. All of it uh, compiles into be uh, a pretty exciting day if you're a Flames fan.
0: Now, you and I talked back on uh, an episode of Oilers Now earlier in the month, and the sense in the market at that time was that the Flames weren't likely going to be able to get in on Kadri. What do you think ultimately changed between that time and here?
1: I think a couple of things changed in the sense, Brendan, that I think Kadri's options might have changed. And I think the flames found an acceptable price to move out Sean Monahan. throughout this process. I think it's been pretty well known and pretty talked about around the league that Nazem Kadri had a strong desire to remain with the Colorado avalanche. I think that's what he's been waiting out most of this off season. That just didn't come to fruition. They have a Nathan McKinnon deal that needs to get done next year. They need to save money for that. There just wasn't a spot for Nazem Kadri. You then sort of get into the rumors of the New York Islanders. Was Lou Lamorello perhaps pulling the strings for one of his classic moves that don't get announced until seemingly the day before training camp and someone shows up there? But I think listening to GM for living today, it sounds as though the beginning of the free agent period, the Flames let Cadre's camp know, hey, we're interested. We'd like to do something with you. But at the current price you're looking for, doesn't really fit our model we've got some of our own business to do it just so happened that once the flames got their business done obviously with kachuk pedro etc they were in a position to perhaps move some money out add another piece and nazim kadri was still available and willing to come to calgary at this point in the offseason so
0: fan reaction today would i would assume have been excitement (laughs) but that's a pretty big price tag too i suppose that's the offsetting factor
1: 100 percent you can't look at a deal in its entirety without looking at what the back half is going to be and i I think for the immediate future flames fans are willing to accept that the the back end is going to be an unknown i'll put it that way i don't think any of us brendan can can sit here and accurately predict what the the back end of any seven or eight long-term contract is in the nhl that we're just not good at that and let's be honest what the league looks like in seven or eight years is is even harder to predict. But I think in the now, which is sort of how Bradford Living's built this group, um, the Flames are okay with that. They understand that they have a Vesna-caliber goaltender. They have a guy like Chris Tanev, who probably only has a couple of years of really strong hockey left in him. They've got Elias Lindholm at this ridiculously low-paid deal. I I sent the tweet out earlier today. He's right now with the Kadri deal on the board. Calgary's seventh highest paid forward, and that's for their number one center. So when you have those kind of things, the Markstrom, the Tanev, the Lindholm in place, it just doesn't make sense from a Calgary perspective to suddenly tear it down and go for a rebuild. So when you have an opportunity to bring in a guy like Nazem Kadri, you're going to pay for that, and you're going to look for the first probably one to three years to be where the contract's in and its prime. brand for living or whoever the GM of the Calgary Flames is, Past that, we'll deal with the the back end of the contract when they get there. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, Priceline.
0: Chatting with uh, Sportsnet's Logan Gordon, Sportsnet 960's Logan Gordon out of Calgary. Nazem Kadri, uh, likely to be the second-line center there, and then Michael Backlund knocked back into the third-line role. That, uh, that, on paper, is one hell of a center core down the middle for the Flames.
1: It is. It's, um, it's something that this group has really had to deal with, Brendan, since. Sean Monaghan uh, started undergoing some of his major injury problems the last couple of years, and they tried to, to fit it together with a trade deadline piece last year in, in Cali Yarncroke, and he just wasn't, with all due respect to a guy who I thought was, was good in his role for the Flames, he just wasn't the caliber of center they needed. They need a guy who can come in and be this team's number two center, do things on the power play, maybe even the penalty kill, And Kadri just fits that bill to be able to slide him behind Elias Lindholm and move Michael Backlund to the third-line spot where I think he excels in this league and is probably one of the better third-line centers in the NHL given the fact that he's so proficient defensively. I think the Flames can look and say that they've got a very strong core down the middle and one that Daryl Sutter has lots of options when it comes to playing with the matchup game.
0: Talk to me about the fit that you guys project between Daryl Sutter and Nazem Qadri. I think the work ethic from afar seems to be a nice match.
1: It sure does. It's something that uh, we talked about at length today. I think Nazem Qadri is a guy that worked pretty hard the last couple of years to dispel the notion that he was you know, a player that hurt his team more than helped his team. And a lot of that's come with maturity. And if you ask Daryl Sutter that's a word he likes to use quite a bit when it comes to his players, whether they be veterans or young guys is the maturity they show in their game. And I think that Nazem Kadri has been able to put that into good use lately. The most recent year, obviously with Colorado being his best, the postseason he proved he, uh, you know, can stop taking those questionable hits, the dirty hits, if you want to call them that, that caused his team to, you know, sometimes go on the five minute PK or to cause him to miss series. And, Uh, For Daryl Sutter, versatility is the name of the game, and it starts in your own zone. That's somewhere that Nazem's always been strong at. The transition game is going to be interesting for him to pick up. But yeah, as far as a fit for Daryl Sutter, this is a guy that should be right up his alley.
0: What do you think about potential line mates at a quick glance?
1: Uh, The line mates are an interesting one. Uh, I think a guy like Andrew Mangiapane, Um, makes sense for him. There's a bit of question on the left side uh, of the Flames' depth as to who might come in there, whether it's a Jacob Peltier, a prospect in the organization, uh, drafted in the first round a couple of years ago. Where he fits in the lineup, if he is, it's probably a bottom six role. So I think uh, as we've gone through it today, somewhere with the likes of Blake Coleman and perhaps Andrew Mangiapane, maybe even a Tyler Toffoli in there, uh, makes sense for Nazem but. Uh, Daryl Sutter likes to keep things close to the chest and be something that we discuss as training camp gets open. I think the Flames, at least with this move, have given themselves more options than they had previously.
0: Logan Gordon is from uh, Sportsnet 960 down the QE2 in Calgary. Uh, Sean Monaghan, you mentioned sort of the casualty of this. Uh, it's a shame. He's a player that I really enjoyed watching when he was healthy. But is that sort of maybe what the legacy is going to be of Monaghan and his time in Calgary there, Logan? is Is maybe a job left unfinished in a sense the way that it ended, just 23 points, I believe, last year?
1: You know what, Brendan? It's an interesting legacy to look at, and I actually don't think that's how it will wind up for Sean Monaghan. Yes, everyone here is well aware of the disappointment that, that finished with Sean in the last couple of years due to injury, but this is a guy that's had, just off the top of my head, I know multiple wrist surgeries. He's had a back surgery. He's now had major surgery on both hips, and as of today, he's 27 years old. Uh, For anybody to go through that kind of uh, injury status, let alone someone trying to get back to a pro hockey level, uh, is looking at an incredibly uphill battle. I think what Sean's legacy in Calgary is going to be is he was really the first bright light for this team post-Iginla, Bomeister, Kiprasov for this group. He was in Calgary uh, as a first-round pick and a guy that was showing out really well when Jerome came back to Calgary as a member of the Boston Bruins and had his farewell to the city, and a lot of people were able to grasp on to Sean Monaghan as the first light of maybe things turning around for the Calgary Flames. And he became a, a big part of this organization that you could pencil in for 20 to 30 goals every year. He was this team's number one center for a number of years and, of course, formed a great friendship and, at times, an even better linemate with Johnny Goudreau. So I think people in Calgary will probably remember him more for that time of, of his career than anything, because for a very long time here, when things were, you know, pretty bleak and the team was in the midst of, of their most recent rebuild, I guess, Sean was kind of the first guy to come out and give them hope on the other side. I think that's, really where people will focus on here. Well, let's hope
0: the second half of his career can be, you know, I guess recaptured in some sense out in Montreal, if that ultimately ends up being where it continues forward. He's in the final year now of this 3-point, or sorry, 6.375 per season deal. Um, do you want to take a shot at explaining the conditions that go along with this, oh. this first <laughs> rounder? I mean, I know it's kind of a it's a bit of a trapeze, but
1: yeah, let me give you the best that I can. And uh, I'll apologize in advance. If I miss anything, there are many layers to this, but the, the general way that I can explain it to you, Brendan is the pick that's being traded. Um, that's the main focus of the, of the pick is the 2025 first rounder that the flames received from Florida in the, uh, Matthew Kachuk trade. Now, The reason this gets so complicated is because that was already a conditional pick uh, that depended on a couple of different things. So the Flames and Habs had to go back and forth on a couple of different scenarios that protected the Flames, essentially, from giving up a a very high pick. So essentially lottery protecting a pick on top of a a lottery protection, if that makes sense. So essentially what's going to happen here? Uh, is the Flames will have wind up giving Montreal a wide array of picks that they'll eventually select from. The first being, it could be Calgary's 2024 first-round pick if that pick falls between 20 and 31 in that draft. The Habs will have the option to take that, or it will fall between 25 and 26, in which case those conditions get a little bit more complicated because it'll be dependent on variables of, of Calgary and Florida's pick, essentially whichever one winds up being the lower of the two picks will wind up being uh, Montreal's in all of this. So uh, a lot of minutiae to get it done. But from a Flames standpoint, it, it makes a lot of sense because they wanted to make sure uh, in all of this that they weren't giving up uh, uh, one of those picks that winds up hurting you down the road and winds up being a sudden lottery pick got it
0: i appreciate that that was actually quite a bit simpler than uh, i anticipated because you made it that way logan thank you mackenzie weeger another bit of business here that if not anytime soon certainly before uh the contract expires at the end of this upcoming season this is a player i'm sure they want to keep around if possible do they have the cap space or will they have the cap space to keep him around
1: it sounds like they will. Uh, my colleague at Sportsnet, uh, Pat Steinberg, has reported for about a week now that he feels pretty confident that Weger's in a position to accept a long-term deal and the Flames are in a position to get it done. What that exactly looks like, we're not sure. Uh, the nice thing for the Flames this year is Uyghur and Huberto both came with uh, a year on their current deal, so anything won't jump in until next season, a lot of this will come when Milan Lucic's contract comes off the books next season. That's a, a fresh $5.25 million that gets eaten up pretty quick, albeit with, you know, Candre and Huberto now on the books as well. But uh, the Flames remain very confident. This is a guy that they want in the organization for the long term. Um, maybe given where he is and given the proximity to, to where you and I are, Brendan, this isn't a guy that's seen a lot of attention out here. But it's one that the Flames scouting staff really prioritized in that Florida trade. They feel he's a top six option for a top four option, excuse me, for this group if he's not going to be playing on the top pairing for them this season. So uh, it's a priority to get him re-signed, and uh, I think I'm pretty comfortable saying uh, it's something that's going to get done.
0: One more very complicated question here for uh, Logan Gordon <laughs> sure. from Sportsnet 960 down in Calgary. And this is the question I think everyone's trying to answer right now, and you can't. Um, and that is, is this team better now than they were when the season ended in Game Five against Edmonton, and you look at the breakdown of points in versus points out, and they're they're actually pretty well even two hundred and forty two points out if you combine Goudreau, uh, Kachuk, and Monahan, let's say, and then two hundred and forty six points in with Huberdeau, Kadri, and and if Weger ultimately ends up signing long term, so that's just a couple of the of the you know ways that you can look at it, I suppose but as somebody that really analyzes this Flames team, what is your initial impression of, of where they're at relative to last
1: season? The way that I put it is they're going to go about their business differently, and I think in turn that can make them better. Uh, I think a lot of the offense that this team lost in Goudreau and Kachuk simply isn't going to be repeated in the aggregate. As, as good as the season that Nazem Kadri had last season, to ask him or to expect him to repeat that in Calgary, I think is just unrealistic. I think Kandri comes in more as a 60- to 70-point guy given the role he'll have on this Calgary Flames team. But uh, some of the things that we talked about that make this team better, we just talked about Mackenzie Wieger. The only guy out on the Flames' defense this year is Eric Branson, who signed that four-year, $4 million deal with Columbus. The Flames weren't touching that. He was a five-six guy here in Calgary. Played the role extremely well, but a five-six guy, Mackenzie Wieger, I just mentioned, they think could be a top-two pairing for this team. That's an automatic upgrade for them. If you want to throw Huberto and Gaudreau as as you know saw offs, similarly offensively, I, I don't think that's the biggest stretch. Um, but you know, you'll definitely be losing some of the offensive ability. I don't think that anyone's going to argue it with me and say that you know. Kadri's miles ahead of Kachuk. I just don't think that's true, but they do things differently. Uh, Kadri's a much more sound defensive player. He's a much more versatile player than Kachuk. And let's be honest, uh, he's been able to get things done in the postseason where Matthew Kachuk simply hasn't been able to. He's been around it a few times, but I don't think the Matthew Kachuk that's ever shined in the postseason, or in the regular season, excuse me, brought that same element to many of the Flames' postseason opportunities that they had. So the Flames are hopeful that going about their business in a different way, whether that be you know with a much stronger top four center group and a much improved uh, defensive group of six, can replace some of the, say, pure offense that they would have used last season. So long way of saying I, I think they're different, and different can be better. Whether that happens or not, there's a lot of factors for this team to come together, Um, and that's going to be the job of the head coach, Daryl Sutter, and that's the guy that they would want putting the pieces together.
0: It's going to be fun watching the Pacific Division play out like we talked about last time. Logan, it's always a pleasure to chat with you, man. We'll be sure to get you on again, okay?
1: Yes, of course. And Just before I go, Brennan, I did want to, uh, from everyone here in Calgary, send our condolences to the passing of Ben Stelter. uh, what a what a great story he was for so long, and uh, certainly touched the the hearts of, of myself and plenty of people here in Calgary. I know you guys. Uh, there's going to be, I believe, a public service for him coming up uh, soon. And uh, from everyone here in Calgary to the Oilers Nation and everybody that uh, that got behind that family, uh, we send our best wishes and our condolences their way.
0: Thank you very much for that, Logan. It's it's well received up here. I assure you. Thank you. No worries. Thanks, Cheers, man. man. Take care. Absolutely. That is uh, Logan Gordon from Sportsnet 960. Putting some, some shivers down my back. I didn't expect that. Very nice of him to send some kind words up for the Stelter family. You can find Logan uh, at Fan960Logan on Twitter. We'll step out here on Euler, or rather on Inside Sports. This must be in the spirit of the Woodstock 99 documentary that's taken over Netflix. I checked it out. It was good. There is uh, another one that actually preceded the Netflix dog. It's on Crave. That's the one I watched. But uh, I'll ah. tell you, I, I fell down the rabbit hole of like every Every relevant band at that time in the 90s, every alt rock, every Mm -hmm. Our Lady Peace and and tragically hip made the trip down there to to play the show to represent Canada and, and, but like everybody. And then it all kind of ends up being known for all the brittle conditions and that sort of thing. As we know, you haven't seen the documentary. It's supposed to be fantastic. Check it out. But I recommend the one on Crave too. Okay. Brian Sinfield from the Northern Alberta Sports Car Club. Coming up after this next break, he'll tell you about the uh, Speed Park Revival Car Show that's going on this weekend. As well as horse trainer Robertino Diodoro. Got the 93rd running of the Canadian Derby at Century Mile also on Saturday. Much more on that coming up after this.